3: This is Nailing the Apex. I'm Tim Haraney, joined by Jesse Blake and Adam Wilde, who's got uh, 20% left on your battery, Adam? 25%, okay?
0: We're <laughs> running a little low on fuel, and I don't know where my charging cord is. I think it's in the studio at work, and I'm at home. And Jesse, are you surprised by this development? Not
3: really. It's it's classic Adam,
1: is what I'd call it. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, man. Anyway. All
3: right, so we'll uh, we'll keep this one fairly short so we don't lose, Adam, but um, yeah, I just wanted to have you guys on to discuss uh, a little bit more stuff from the weekend because I didn't really get to break down too, too much of uh, things that I wanted to talk about on uh, Sunday night because I got in at like 10 o'clock at night thanks to uh, the Hamilton and Leclerc disqualification.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so yeah, that was something. But I um, want to first touch on the sprint race weekends because you know a lot of the reason why you know, both drivers were disqualified was simply because of the sprint weekend. But first of all, like I don't know if you guys got to watch, but mm-hmm. throughout the season, like have you found this iteration of sprint weekend? Cause it's different from last year. Did you, did you find it interesting? Do you like it?
0: Uh, I find it less exciting. I liked it more when there was something on the line other than a few points. Um, like, you know, starting positions and that sort of thing. I like that. Um, I disagree with Max Verstappen's opinion that, oh, we already know what the cars look like by the time the race day comes. Um, because I don't care that I already know that. I still want to see the race. I like racing. So any, anything that creates more of a race, I like. I just don't like the fact, and, and I guess teams hated the fact last year that this used to mean something for Sunday. Um, and now it doesn't. And Saturday now has, Friday has everything to do with Sunday. Saturday has nothing to do with either day. And then Sunday is its own thing. And that that to me, that's where it feels disjointed. But Jesse, I'm not really sure, you know, where you kind of stand on that
1: no I agree in that I don't like that Saturday has become its own independent race day where you have the sprint shootout where it's the qualifying for the sprint and then you have the sprint which is its own independent thing and then you have the qualifying on Friday and then the race on on Sunday like I, I like that if it was all connected and all meant something all together and you see that that teams are struggling with the cars just from day to day because you saw you saw Haas make upgrades after the sprint and then and then Aston Martin kind of took the race as like a, a test as they were saying after the race, but it worked out for, for stroll in his car, but yeah. you're seeing teams struggle because of how little practice they get. And I think if we're hurting the race on Sunday by limiting the amount of practice that these teams are getting on the track, then overall, I think it's a, it's a net negative for, for F1.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like you made some really good points there. I mean, I, and we touched on it a bit on Sunday, but like, how does it, you know, affect the teams throughout the weekend and, you know, the, I discussed it on the pod on on sunday but for those who missed it you know essentially like your the teams are missing two other practice sessions so two hours worth of track time where they can actually learn more about the car and then try to make changes to their cars to to really optimize them because at the end of the day i mean with this iteration of formula it's really difficult to get the cars um tuned in Mm -hmm. so you're not running into issues like plank wearing throughout the weekend and in the case of like mercedes aston martin like jesse you had mentioned uh essentially like just 60 minutes is not enough to figure out a new upgrade figure out how the upgrade works with high fuel load low fuel load and in mercedes's case they didn't even get a chance to test the uh, high fuel load setup so they had no idea what they were getting into right Mm -hmm. and an f1 car is extremely particular it's very tricky to get set up and get right and get into that legality zone and you need a lot of time to do that especially like i would mentioned bringing upgrades and so i think like you know for total wolf and his stance he doesn't he doesn't think they should be meddling with the f1 sprint weekends and if they are kind of means that it's not working where mm-hmm. on the other side of the fence you know horner feels that they should be meddling with these uh, sprint weekends to see what works so it adds more jeopardy to the in, in the entire weekend and in the case of Verstappen you know his point was essentially that it look you know you're going to wake up on Sunday and you kind of already know how Sunday's Grand Prix is going to play out because you know who already has the fastest car because of what you saw in the sprint mm-hmm. and technically he's got a point uh with that so I think you know you kind of had to look at it where like how can it change and so you know I had mentioned this in um, my sports center hit on the Sunday evening you know, the teams in F1, you know, they need to get together, have a chat about sprint weekends and, you know, guys, it could go through a makeover, uh, for next year. You know, Jonathan Noble actually writ- wrote about this, uh, I believe it was today to go check out that article. But essentially like there are some options that are on the table that are being discussed and I'd heard about it on Saturday. Uh, but one of those is reverse grid. So instead of doing the shootout on a Saturday morning, you get rid of, you know, you get rid of that and then you can give the teams some more practice time as well. Either you do your qualifying for the Grand Prix on the Friday afternoon or you do it on the Saturday morning, but uh, essentially it's trying to give the teams back more track time before they enter park for May. So essentially what's happening after FP1, these cars are going straight into park for make conditions and they can't touch the car afterwards and that's kind of silly right guys if you think about it like
0: yeah i i I wondered about that too and i i was i was gonna there was a couple suggestions i was gonna gonna say guys because the first thing is the whole point is they want to make those weekend passes if you're on the ground more valuable and you want to boost the tv ratings on on the friday so my, my question is, if you want to boost the TV ratings on the Friday, you've got to balance the points a little bit more for whatever, wherever you put the sprint race, whether that's Friday or Saturday. But the, the points have to matter more for the sprint race. They just do. Um, like if, there's a, if, there's like, if, if we rewind to like 2021 with Max and Lewis going head-to-head, these sprint races would have really counted for something, right? And that was the season before we even got them. My thinking is, put the sprint race on the Friday – uh, and, and qualify, like, here's the thing. If you have a sprint race weekend, there's only six or seven of them throughout the year have practice start on Thursday and allow the budgets. The budget cap should allow for that. You know, there's going to be costs. There's going to be, um, uh, there's going to be more team meals. There's going to be more tires used. There's going to be everything, right? They, they should increase the budgets to allow that. So then if you're going to do that, you get your three practice sessions in on the Thursday, you get people in earlier, which is also good. We like that. And, um, and obviously don't do it on a, on a back-to-back, right? Don't do it on the second half of a back-to-back. So you, you have that. And then as soon as that sprint race is done on the Friday, you are not in park for until you take the track on qualifying day, uh, first lap. And the reason I say that, or you leave the garage, you know, cause that's when they, if you see something like if you're Mercedes and you're a little bit slower, uh, on the straightaways but you're good in the corners, kind of like they were this weekend. Too bad Lewis was too close to the ground. Um, he totally screwed me on grid rival right away. I was 10 points behind second place, and then he got disqualified, and now I'm 100 points <laughs> behind the next guy. It's just killed me. But, but if you have that opportunity, if you're, if you're Mercedes, and you're looking at Red Bull, and you're like, okay, we feel like if things go our way, we could, uh, and we tweak this, this, and this, we could get them in qualifying tomorrow. How exciting would that be, right? Why does it have to be you can't touch the car all weekend? I understand as soon as qualifying starts, you can't touch the car. I get it. Don't understand why the sprint race would have anything to do with that. We want people in the door on Friday. When when the Formula One comes to your country or your city, you want to take a three or four day weekend. That's how I want Formula One fans to be. It gets more concessions. It gets more beer. It gets more everything sold. And I think... Um, I think the other way that you could do it is leave the schedule the same, but park Ferme doesn't, uh, does not happen until like, if you, if you qualify it on Friday, um, doesn't happen until the sprint race on Saturday or something like that. There's gotta be, you know, cause then it gets into gimmicky shit and, and where it's like, um, well, you've got to have at least I've seen people suggest over, you know, make the sprint race 21 laps and every seven laps you have to, you have to pit and put d- different tires on. And it's like, is that racing or is that just we're creating a scenario that would never exist and we're going, woo, this will be fun. And it would be fun, but is it, is it true blue racing? And do we care? So I, I'll turn it over to you guys, but those are some of the ideas I had.
3: What do you think, Jesse? I,
1: I think about the traditionalist, F1 fan and the new F1 fan. And I wonder if F1's the way they've gone in the last few years where everything's been expansion. We have more races than we're ever going to have. They're going to add more teams to the grid. Uh, the weekends are pack, packed, jam packed now. And I wonder if F1's going to get into a situation where they're exhausting both sides of the fan base because mm-hmm. the average fan it seems like they don't have enough time to be glued in from Friday through Sunday where they got to watch the qualifying and then the sprint and then the sprint qualifying the sprint shootout and then also the race on sunday and the traditionalist f1 fan is kind of pushing back on it because sprints is something that never existed two years ago so I, I i wonder there's a there's a really difficult balance that f1 has to have and the higher ups here the executives who are making these decisions on if they're going to exhaust the fan with all, everything they're adding to racing you know so I wonder where they're going to land on that balance because obviously they need to expand to grow the sport. They need to be adding more, but in terms of a weekend, you know, it, when is it too much?
3: Yeah. That's a great point that you make because, you know, if you go back to Saturday here in Austin, like the ticket sales were down for Saturday, right? There was a, there was a decline in, a, in attendance for a, a Saturday at, at Coda for, you know, Grand Prix weekend. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not like it, for that to happen here. And, you know, usually this this race for the past, well, when they've done it over the past four years, I mean, it's been very successful, like very successful guys. Like, I'm going to tell you, there was, I mean, I remember coming here and working it last year and there was over 400,000 people here. Like it was like for the weekend, it was nuts. You couldn't get out of here. Like it was, it was hard to leave the track where, you know, Saturday evening, it was a little bit easier than last year. And so, yeah, I think like you're, you're diluting the product a bit I think also you know obviously having Max and Red Bull (laughs) sign up those championships but outside of that though I mean it just there's I think you know Christian Horner had a point where there's no real jeopardy that these drivers are having to face like what is really on the line and you know technically he's right there isn't really anything on the line especially not now right there's no championship yeah exactly so I mean like so what what do you do if you want to move forward with the sprint weekends and look I appreciate the fact that you know, I said this on Sunday, but I appreciate the fact F1 is trying different things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I appreciate that. But I I think you can't you you have to have the sport first and the mm-hmm. entertainment has to come, you know, secondary because I think like once we and talking to all these teams and all the stuff I learned this weekend, you know, like as we get closer to next season, like I, I think we're gonna see some proper friggin' racing at, at the front. Like it just Like looking at what Mercedes did over the weekend, like, oh, yeah, holy shit. And so, I think at the end of the day, they have a point where the sport does have to come first. And I think, like, you gotta, you gotta, if you're gonna do these sprint things, you've gotta take from other things that racing have done in the past. So, if you're gonna do it, then reverse the the grids, reverse the grids, and have that be a heat and set your grid. For Sunday, you get all your practice sessions in. Your and for anybody is- that doesn't
0: know what reverse grid is,
3: can you explain that? Yeah. Sure. So if you can do it by championship order, Silverstone so would start at the back. So you'd start twentieth. Be, be so sick. Right. It would be entertaining. So that that you would flip the entire grid. So uh, like whoever, like Sergeant, would have been on pole. <laughs>
0: <Or> <laughs> hey, home that's points getter. First <laughs> right? since Andretti, Logan Sergeant, <laughs> right? To everybody who's giving him shit. <laughs> all right but at the end of the day like you he
3: would you know he, he would be battling for points first of mm-hmm. all but at the same time like you're setting your grid for the sunday mm-hmm. right there is jeopardy on the line there like there is something like max can't like max can carve his way through the field but he's got to be he's got to be careful mm-hmm. right like he can't just you know go send one down the inside on somebody and hope that they don't turn in on him and damage right. the cars, and he's screwed for Sunday. So he's he's got to manage that, and so does you know uh, Perez, and so does Hamilton. Like those three drivers, uh, because that's your, your top three in the driver standings. Like so, and so I think at the end of the day, that's something that you could consider, and that's stuff that we did in go karts, and that's stuff that's like proven. So so, so
0: and at, and as racers, you would be good with that, right? Because you are.
3: I would, yeah, I think so, and it would help the show. It would help the entertainment side but i don't think you can have like six of them either like for this year it's just too many like i was cool with just doing the three like they had last year and the year before and then just having that set set your grid you know it wasn't mm-hmm. a reverse you had to qualify to get to those positions but you know i think that there was more jeopardy on the line then and you know you go back to 2021 right guys like that i mean obviously everything that happened with that season but you threw you sprinkled in a few of those sprint weekends Mm -hmm. and like they actually friggin' meant something right like that was like remember hamilton where was it brazil perfect example like having to carve his way through the field to claw back championship points like things like that just stand out to me how many
0: sprint weekends are there guys six okay how many points do you get for winning eight okay so here's here's a thought and i only saw this because i was watching some nascar uh highlights uh yesterday uh, and I'm not suggesting that they get on an oval. Uh, although people give NASCAR drivers a lot of <laughs> shit, uh, and NASCAR drivers do very do they do road courses too. All right, I've seen Watkins Glen. I'd love to see anybody race at Watkins Glen. It's a fucking tough track. Um, uh, but my point is, um, what if the NBA is doing this too in in November? We're going to see how this works. It works in soccer. Uh, very European, right? We need to, you know, F1 is extremely European. So we need to appeal a little bit to that, to that sense of what their identity is. Um, There are, there is the FA cup. There's the Euro cup. There's the world cup. There's a bunch of cups that happen throughout. Um, And I wonder if you take the sprint race, whenever you do it, and I do think it matters that you're not in Park Fermi when you're in the sprint race. Like I think Park Fermi should start when qualifying starts and that should be after the sprint race. But if you were to build in a secondary sort of cup that has significant points, let's say there's, cause there's like a playoff in NASCAR. I'm not sure quite how it works, but let's say you have a hundred points on the line. So if you win, or if you get, basically it's on how many placements you get. So if, if Jesse and, and Tim and I are racing and we're the top three drivers on the grid and I get a bunch of second places and Jesse and Tim split the firsts and the thirds, well, whoever gets the more firsts wins that 100 points, and it's all one lump sum. And at least then there's like, because here's the thing, if you get a bunch of points, and you just keep getting a bunch of points, uh, like a Max for Verstappen would have, um, then it kind of becomes like, well, shit, we already know who's going to take this four or five races in. But if there's a way that you can keep people interested and have a secondary thing that adds to your World Cup or your World Championship points that you don't get awarded until it's decided. I feel like that could be more interesting as well. I, I'm, I'm a fan of more racing. I'm not a fan of taking away from Sunday. So we've got to find a way for these guys to practice. We, I, I think there's got to be something else on the line. Uh, and for anybody that says, you know, and I know there's a lot of F1 traditionalists all of a sudden, don't know why, all of a sudden people are like, well, I'm a traditionalist okay, well, then you want to go back to uh, only eight cars getting points. And, you know, I think when Andretti scored his last points, he was third place. And I think he got like four points. Like it was like nothing. So is that, is that really what you want to go back to? Or are you just, are you, are you mad that your, your friend down the street who didn't give a shit about F1 before now likes it? Um, I think we got to be open to kind of good ideas here and different ideas and trying some things. And I think in the next Two to three years, they have a window where they can try some things out, see what works, see what doesn't, and then kind of make a call for the 2026 season when the new regulations kick in. So you try to have some sort of tradition built by then. The other thing, Tim, is on, this, on the Saturday point, on people not being there...
3: Um, I, I do think that like as there was we people here. About, don't, don't don't get me wrong. There oh, were, there were people, but not were, as many. Maybe there were people here. Like you know, there was like ninety something thousand, right? It just yeah. wasn't. I mean, sold the, the, out like last, like, you know, last year's. The weekend like traditionally does
0: thousand. like half a million, right? So, yeah. um, if it wasn't completely sold out, maybe the problem is the fact that you know everybody wants the race, and everybody kind of knows where Max is going to be, and I do think. The the most exciting thing that Formula One has going for it is upgrade packages. Look at what has oh, yeah. happened with McLaren. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happened with uh, Mercedes closing that gap. Max isn't winning by 17 seconds. He's winning by two or three. Mm-hmm. And as much as if people are like, oh, he's winning, he's still winning. Yeah, but it's pretty, pretty tight now. And 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 we're for you know, you saw him talking about his brakes and that sort of thing. Like now, now they feel a little bit under pressure. I like that. I think we gotta Whatever it takes to make the upgrade packages really matter, you know, the pass or the fail on them, I think that's going to be the future
1: of making this sport really exciting throughout the weekend.
3: That's a really great point. Jesse, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think since like April onwards, I've been kind of hammering this point. And Tim, you've mentioned it countless times on this podcast. But if Max wasn't around this season, it would be one of the most eventful seasons that we've ever had in F one. Because from week to week, from like even day to day on a weekend, the teams really have no idea what the cars are going to do because of because of the rules and regulations and how differently like the floors react to each track. And it would be such a competitive field if Max. Max wasn't there. So there's a lot of hope for F1 right now because the race on Sunday was fascinating because Max started in sixth. He had to find his way through the field and everybody was kind of bunched up and you didn't know where it was going to finish. And there's so much passing that happened on the track. And I think if, if we look at the outlook going forward for F1, they're in a really good place with the regulations because their idea of, Hey, every week, you don't know who's going to win. It's come true, except for first place. Mm-hmm. So I think if we just go forward with the regulations, they stick with these for a lot mm-hmm. longer, and these teams continue to get closer and closer and, and jam this pack together. And if Red Bull, if Adrian Newey can just not be so smart. And he can, like, his brain can just, like, lose a couple brain cells and not invent the fastest car ever. This F1 would be in a fantastic place where everybody from McLaren to Aston Martin to Mercedes to Red Bull to Ferrari could have a chance every single weekend to win. And who knows who could win the driver's championship at that point. Man, that is such a good point. By the way, forget Mm -hmm. Newey losing uh, brain cells. How the hell
0: do you have that many intelligent engineers and not a single one has figured out? How that their back the rear wing does that. You know what I mean? Like well, not, not just, a single team has figured out that how Red Bull magically finds 20 right. or 30 miles an hour in a 10-second right. stretch when they do
3: that. Well, Are you, you not kidding ju- me? This
0: it's, guy's it's, that good?
3: That's crazy. It's not just like the, the rear wing, right? It's like it's the whole car and how it you know interacts, essentially. Like yeah. they don't. All right, Verstappen qualified like whatever it was, 6 or he started 6th on mm-hmm. for Sunday's race. Like that's how, that's how fast they were. Like they made mistakes, Max made mistakes, but the car just wasn't fast enough. Like so when you look at the qualifying deltas, these teams have have caught up. Right? They've caught up in the qualifying deltas. It's the race pace that is still lacking. And that comes down to like tire deg. How does the Red Bull handle its tires? better nice. than everybody else and that's pretty much it like these teams have really yeah and max, and max. obviously being max. the Every, nobody wants to give max any credit man this yeah. guy's
0: fucking walking on water right now he's amazing
3: but, like these teams have really uh like nailed them back like they they have made a difference they have clawed performance back it's taken them a little longer than i thought it was going to but at the end of the day i mean i was talking to zach brown about this right and i don't know if you guys listen to the pod but mm-hmm. um he essentially said like th- he thinks they're catchable. Like he thinks they can they can catch them next season. And and, and based on his upgrade packages, I would agree. <laughs> but when what do you, you think? Yeah, but when you hear other journalists and they're all like, Well, Red Bull's gonna take a step and you know, they're gonna be out in front and it kinda sounds like it's doom and gloom and we're gonna get the same thing, but you know, some of those journalists are right that, you know, Red, the Red Bull is going to take a step. I don't think it's going to be the step that people think it's going to be. I don't think that right. Red Bull is going to be um, keeping this huge advantage into next season because the teams mm-hmm. are going to claw them back. I just think the clawing back is going to happen when we get to, like, race five, six, or seven mm-hmm. of right. next season. Like, that's right. what I think. And that's what I think is going to end up happening. And, I, you know, I, and that's going to turn F1 back you know, back into this growing machine again. Like it, I mean, this weekend it was, it was rammed packed here, guys, like rammed packed. I, even though I'm, I'm sitting here saying like, oh yeah, you know, sales were down on Saturday and, you know, Sunday was sold out. Right. It was, it was sold out. People did come to watch a great race, which we got Uh shame that, you know, we had to find out what the finishing results were, like four hours afterwards. But it's uh, a topic for another day. <laughs> but by the way, did they only inspect four cars? Is that did I hear that right? So yeah, so they essentially what happened was uh, the FIA randomly selected uh, four cars, and it was the top, essentially the top four a, of the. Of course, Charles
0: car. had to be Charles Leclerc. Right? Like forget Lewis. <laughs>
3: Like, what yeah.
0: a weekend for him. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, his team screws up his strategy. And by the way, oh, we also put your car too low, and you didn't know that. So uh, you, you're now not only did you think you had a shot to win, you didn't get that because we screwed it up. Also, you're going to be DQ'd. Like, but terrible.
3: It's But it's a hard thing to, like, I mean, it's a hard thing to manage. I mean, how are you supposed to manage that? Like, you're, I mean... When you when you get the cars, they come in, right? And you come out of the media center and you like look to your right because that's where the track entrance is for pit lane. And you look down and there is like a row of cars. Hmm. Like every single Formula One car is literally right beside you and they're parked. You can't touch them. They have security around them because what they're doing is they're being inspected. The FIA is coming around and doing their due diligence and in inspecting cars. And then they randomly just pick you, 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 and you. We're going to... Take these cars apart a little bit more, and we're going to delve a little deeper into things. And so, those were the four cars that were chosen. It's a. It's the timing of the decision, Hmm. right, Jesse? I mean, like you want to, as a sports fan, you want to leave the event knowing who's won or lost.
1: Yeah, and it's it. It becomes even more ridiculous when you look at how. Afterwards, Lewis is on a podium and he's holding up a trophy and the Mercedes Instagram page posts, hey, congratulations on P2. You know, we're in second place. We're back up top. And then literally hours later, you go about your day and four hours later, you find out all of those results are null and void. And for a fan, you leave confused because you left the racetrack celebrating your team's victory and all that. And it's it's not great for the sport that they can't solve this uh, a lot quicker and I think that's a that's something that the FAA has to look at immediately going into this offseason is we need to get these things done right away after the race if, if we're looking at the planks to see the wear to see if it's too low, then that needs to be done before guys hold up a trophy, because it's ridiculous to go back after somebody has been declared second place and third place to go take that back.
3: Yeah, is there, so it is, is there any so,
0: reason guys why they can't do it before the race? Like, is it any case of measuring?
3: There, there are some things, right, Adam, that you, they can't, like, for a fuel sample. Like, they have to take yeah, fuel samples okay. from everyone's car, right? And you can't, um, you can't do that before a race because the tanks are full. Like, you can't just, okay, well, we can get a fuel sample now. It's like, no, you need to see if they've played by the rules and used the same amount of fuel as everyone else because that's part of the rule, right? You have to, you're only allotted so much fuel, and you have to have the hybrid do a lot of the work, too. That's the idea with these regulations, power unit. Um, and so you you have to take a sample following to make sure there's a little bit left mm-hmm. to make sure that the hybrid unit was working the way it should be, and the power unit as, as a whole is working the way it should be. And it's difficult, I think, for the FIA too, you know, it's not easy measuring like plank wear and then all of a sudden coming out with the result. It's not like you know Joe Bower's down there <laughs> looking at everything, and then all of a sudden, illegal. You know, you're done. It's like, it's got to go through a process. And I think even for the FIA, they would like it to be sped up too. Like they're, they would want this to be taken care of faster as well. I think for them, it just comes down to trying to figure out what are the best ways to make sure that they're doing their job properly, to make sure that they're fulfilling their obligation as well at the same time. And for the most part, you know, they've done a, they've actually done a really good job And this season. They've, they've really ramped things up as well. Um, mm-hmm. And that brings us to track limits. Oh so. God! <laughs> it's like bunting in baseball—just so fun. Uh, okay, so yeah, track limits was an issue for the sprint. You know, we all we all saw that um, few drivers getting five second time penalties because of track limits. So track limits is essentially when the driver uh, goes over the white line on on the exit, and that's gaining an advantage, essentially. Okay. Uh, you know, so the white line over the weekend was painted bigger um, so the drivers could avoid track limits. You know, they could see the white line so they knew how far they were getting in terms of pushing the envelope with um, those track limits. But, guys, the white line, like, it's just not working.
1: Yeah, this has been a, a few races in a row now that the track limits have just kind of taken over and you're yeah. kind of just watching, you're seeing, okay, when are they gonna get the black and white flag? When is the next one? Who's gonna have the five second time penalty and then try and out race it? And it's it's got it's this added layer to the race that we're getting, it seems every single weekend. And I don't know what the solution is just by because you can't change track limits because you need to keep the guys on the track, but you need to change probably some of the corners. You know, if if everybody goes off on a specific corner, then I think it's the corner's fault and maybe not the driver's fault.
0: The cars are bigger. Cars yeah. are bigger now than they've ever been. I, the other thing, Jesse, is it, first off, it's another sport where linesmen are absolutely useless. Um, <laughs> just just hockey and and and, and F one, just useless linesmen. But I I wanted to I wanted to say like to that point tennis can get it right with a tennis ball mm. is there any particular reason why you can't just figure this out with microchipping mm-hmm. and 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 have have them on the outside like the outside rim of the tire or whatever mm. it is you need to do and my my thought process with that is is twofold because um, not only does it would it automatically let the drivers know then it takes the human element out, out of it where and and the FIA has been like let's be honest the FIA has been completely biased towards the stars before <laughs> Um, you know, they want to promote their superstars and they've done shady stuff in the past where guys are not getting penalties that they should. But I'm thinking that um, if it updates live during the race, the instantaneousness of a computer system, then you know, hey, you know, uh, uh, Stroll's got a five-second penalty. Hamilton's got a five-second penalty. Max got a five-second penalty. And you can almost build it into your race strategy. Hey, we expect to get at least one five-second penalty today based on that are we going to serve it at the end or are we going to serve it during and like you know at least then it becomes a a factor in it rather than oh we're going to do this three times and then we're going to get a flag and then we'll see and it's like it, it seems that, i think the biggest problem with with this for me is its inconsistency it's mm. not that it like there's going to be track limits and you got to stay on them and mm. and if you look at it's funny watching it now cuz you go look at highlights from you know, 10 years ago, guys are just blowing past other guys on the track and there's no, there's no penalty for it. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, if we are going to enforce these things and it seems like they want to, I think that you got to do better than the thing that they would have done in the 1930s. I think we got to have a newer system. Like we're literally eyeballing it and it's, it's, we got to do better than that. I think that's my personal opinion.
3: I think, but there's, it goes a little deeper than that as well. I mean, even like, you know, Norris had, uh, Lando Norris had talked to us about this Saturday evening following the, the sprint and in particular, George Russell's five second time penalty. And so if, you know, if the race had been longer, you know, George, technically he could have used track limits, made a pass, just received a five second time penalty, but the race would have been so long that he could overcome that five-second time penalty because he has the pace. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, he gets a five-second time, but it doesn't mean anything, right? Not yeah, unless yeah. there's someone who is less than five seconds behind him, which if he has more pace, he could lose maybe one position mm-hmm. instead of like three or four. And so I think at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, track, track limits and all, like it's – I do get it, but at the same time, it's like it's just not working. And I think I, you need something that's like a natural deterrent, you know, natural track limits and so like think, gravel yeah like why not put down gravel strips like if you've got your curbing then after your curbing why is not like why can't you just put down like a few gravel strips and then you have your concrete runoff where you can you know still safely slow the car down like it mm-hmm. that is still a deterrent that you know having a gravel strip or something of that nature on the outside it will slow you down Right. Because the car can't get any traction. So you can't, you're probably going to either spin, you're going to lose time, but you're not going to be able to make a pass. There's no way Mm -hmm. it's impossible. I love that. You know, I love because, you know, you know, like, tra- if if
1: your great actual game. goal is to keep people on the track, then create an area that keeps people on the track. And mm-hmm. when you're on a street course, the track limit is the wall because you can't you can't go over that. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're on a tr- more traditional racetrack, you know, just put the gravel down and st- slow down the cars. So if you go off the track, it is an actual limit, and you're hurting yourself if you do that. That's I think that's great. Yeah,
3: I think like in turn. Let me see if I get. Is it turn, uh, turn one in Austria, they have a giant yellow sausage curb on the, on the exit there. And, you know, drivers do their best to like, not getting, it. it is in having something like that is, it is a little dangerous for sure. Cause like you can launch a car, no question, but like <laughs> the corner is not, uh, the, the exit of that, you know, it's not fast enough to really do any serious, serious damage, but having that curb there, that's enough to deter the driver from going over track limits because it's going to damage underneath the car, but you're also going to go slower at the same time. right? Mm-hmm. Um, McLaren, Adam, you're happy. Well, uh, as long as my computer's still
0: running, very happy, thrilled, thrilled. <laughs> I, I think uh, I didn't know what was wrong. Oscar just seemed to have a bad car this weekend. I don't know what happened there, but, um, but I, I love the fact that they're ahead of Aston Martin now. Uh, and I still think if if they push hard eh, maybe they could make Ferrari sweat a little bit. <laughs> Just make them sweat. You know, I mean there's not there's only four races left. It's pretty it's pretty set, but it would be nice, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, for sure. And Jesse, you happy with Mercedes? No, I'm disappointed
1: what? obviously for the result of Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that 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 I think the second place finished got me amped and I was like, "And hey, we're back, you know? And then that got taken away. So I was a little deflated by that. But overall, outside of that, yes, I thought it was a, a good weekend for Mercedes where they demonstrated that they do have um a car that can compete. And yep. it wasn't the fastest in a straight line, but when those those corners happened, they and Max with the struggle of his braking. Um, They picked up a lot of time there. And George was a little further back in the field because I think he, he struggled a little all weekend with the car. I don't think he ever got happy with what he had. Um, but Lewis's performance was fantastic and it, yeah. it felt like racing of old seeing Lewis trying to hunt down Max yeah. and them one two uh in the racetrack.
3: one more lap and you know Hamilton would have got him for sure I mean definitely the the upgrades that Mercedes have brought to this car it it definitely worked that floor has definitely produced some performance and that bodes well for them for next season for for sure because they've got oh. like look at the car that they've got I mean, I think yeah. I called it like a Frankenstein car the other day like it's just. <laughs> It's like all these little pieces like bolted on to like this chassis that just is not working and they're still managing to make it quick. I mean, that bodes well for next season for sure. Uh, Aston Martin, just real quick. I mean, I, I want to talk about Lance um, like for a couple minutes because I thought he actually, considering everything that happened to him this weekend, this past weekend, he actually on pace was was with uh, Fernando, um, Stroll, and Alonzo, they both had brake issues um, due to overheating because of the the uh, upgrade packages that Aston Martin had brought to the car. So, but Friday, Stroll's overheating, uh, he, the overheating from his brakes damaged the brakes. So he only had like five laps of um, running in free practice one, but his pace was quite strong. Uh, scoring points, that's the first time to score points since Spa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think Jesse for... for um, For Lance, it's just good to get some points and get that confidence going again
1: yeah it felt like you know when you got a friend who's like down on his luck like he lost his job and like he's he's really he's really mad at himself and he just needs a win you know it feels <laughs> like Lance was in a position where things have just been going terribly the last couple of weeks, and they just he just needed a win and it was so good to see him this weekend score some points and have an overall just satisfactory weekend where the car finally by the end of it looked like it was working for him and he was very competitive all weekend long and I feel I feel good for Aston Martin because of how, how hot they started and then the struggle in the middle. And then now it seems like, okay, we're starting to come back after McLaren is the one who had the best upgrade packages for, for the entire season. And I feel like Aston Martin's kind of getting into a groove going into next season and Lance Stroll in particular needed this at some point at the end of the season to just have a victory under his belt and gain some confidence back.
3: Yeah. Well said, uh, Jesse, this has been great. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this. We've <laughs> lost Adam. <laughs> almost now. Yeah, almost made,
1: one, it, no. through. You almost made it
3: through. Almost made it through.
1: Uh, there like a couple minutes away if he had a little bit more charge on that laptop he would have made it to the end uh jesse thanks again man really appreciate it really appreciate adam to take the time uh to do this as well you've
3: been watching or listening to nailing the apex please head over to spotify give us a five-star rating and a follow same goes with that podcast as well write a review it helps us grow the show you can follow me on social media at tim and we will be back uh later this week with a very special guest we'll talk to y'all later